It's the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. I'm Lori Rivers with you, here to help you with some inspiration to get those aspirations out into the world. In this episode, I'm giving you a rundown on a wild and wacky week because we've got some big change on the way, some interesting aspects, a full moon, and Uranus stationing direct. <laughs> What else? What else is there? Uh, Pluto is out of Capricorn, though, and uh, whew, that it feels good. If you've got fixed signs, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I talk about that a little bit in the next segment. I try to allay some of your fears. You're well primed. You're well ready. The energy of Aquarius is very different than the energy of Capricorn. Um, so it, it isn't that it won't be intense and that you won't go through some big changes, but you should be good. Uh, we've got Venus moving into Capricorn on the 23rd. We've got the full moon on the 25th. Uranus stations direct on the 26th. And we also have Mercury conjunct Mars in a trine with Uranus right before Uranus stations direct late on the 26th or early on the 27th. If you're on the East Coast, into Europe, Asia, etc. Australia. I know I've got a lot of you guys in Australia now. So uh, there's that. I want to thank patrons and listeners for making us a top 20 astrology podcast on the top 60 astrology podcast list on Feedspot. That's a big deal. They do that based off of the listening numbers on every podcast platform. Uh, thank you. Thank you. We're number 19 which is incredible because when I looked at the list, I'm like, oh, wow, most of those other podcasts have teams and people who like they're not one person shows, you know, they have an actual production <laughs> team or at least get help editing and things like that. So um, I do this in my jammies in my living room. And so thank you. <laughs> thank you. That's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. I'm tired because I was teaching all day Sunday, uh, astrology 301 planetary transits, super fun class. That's, uh, that's a advanced intermediate class that I'm teaching. And then intermediate astrology started yesterday as well. Super fun to teach that as well. Uh, natal chart foundation starts next week on the, or this week, next week, this week, this Saturday, January 27th, Jennifer is teaching that I'll come in for office hours, touch base, um, answer questions, but, uh, Jennifer is teaching my curriculum, my curriculum. I'll still be there. I'm going to record you some videos. Uh, Jennifer is going to lead you through understanding your needle chart at a much deeper level than say just an introduction. Uh, so I think you're really going to enjoy that. It'll prep you for intermediate astrology, which I will be offering again in the spring, just picking dates out for that. Oh boy. Oh boy. Here we go. Lots going on in the world. Um, that full moon's really going to impact things in Israel and Gaza. Talk a little bit about that later in the podcast and I'll be doing, uh, I'll be doing a much more in-depth 
review of that for patrons only. And the reason for that is when I talk about that stuff in detail on TikTok, or my podcast, what I've noticed is my, I, I get shadow banned. I get shadow banned and I can't help you self-actualize and realize and prepare for all the big changes in the world if I'm getting shadow banned. So I've made it a policy now where I'm just talking about that in the Patreon. I would love to be able to do a lot of that more publicly, but it just, I just get choked. I'm lucky if something squeaks through the algorithm, but it just doesn't work that way, guys. So um, that's one of the downsides of Pluto and Aquarius is we are going to see uh, speech controlled a little bit. So we have to be a little more creative with how we do things and be judicious and thoughtful in how we speak. So it should be should be an interesting ride to observe what's going on let's see what else do we have going on here what else have we got going on here uh oh i want to say a special shout out to the littles because the littles are like some of my best listeners I was doing a reading for a client and they sent me a private message after the reading saying the whole time they were in the reading with me, the little was in another room with grandma playing and kept saying, hi, Astro Lori. Hi, Astro Mama. I was like, oh, oh, and then I got a really special present from a listener and I'm going to do a special unboxing video or an opening video on TikTok about this so everybody can see. So you want to, you want to go to my TikTok account. I'll try to get that done by Tuesday. I have a lot to do tomorrow, so we'll see. Maybe tomorrow night I'll get it done, <clears throat> but I'll do a special shout out to my, my special little who sent me something very cool. I only took a little peek. I haven't looked at the whole thing but I was curious. So I, I opened it a little bit and I looked and I was like, Oh no way. And so I had then I quickly shut the envelope. So I didn't see the whole thing. And then I'll do a video about it. I am so impressed and I'm going to put it in a frame and it's going to go on my bookshelf because it's a prized possession now. Okay. Seriously. And I only took a peek, but it's so cool. So we're going to do a special unboxing video about that. All right, my lovelies, let's get on with this podcast. Thank you so much for being a listener, for being a patron. Without you, there is no me. And uh, let's see what's up with this Leo full moon <laughs> this week. Woo, boy. All right, we have another interesting week ahead. The energy has changed, though, because Pluto is now in Aquarius. <sighs> I don't know about you, but I feel better. I feel tired, but I feel better. That was a grind. It was a grind. I'm hoping to get back to doing a lot more content on TikTok. But the last month, I, it's just been... It, <laughs> It's been everything I could do to do stuff for Patreon and the podcast. It, it's been a slog. Nothing bad was going on. In fact, my life is great. It's better than it ever has been. But oof, that transformational grind. 
If you're a fixed sign, that means Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius. Don't worry. Okay. Don't don't be scared by those of us in the cardinal signs. You got prepped by Saturn in Aquarius and you're like, "What? What? What are you talking about?" It's not going to be as crunchy as that because you were dealing with Saturn square Uranus. That was a little bit crazy. End of 2021 into 2022. That was intense. That that primed you. Okay. Nothing's going to be quite that crazy, at least in the next couple of years. Uh, Pluto is technically in an approaching square to Jupiter. It's just far away enough, though, that it should be forcing you to take a look at opportunities in a different way, to create pathways in a different way. Okay. Now I bring this up because we have a Leo full moon on the 25th and it's at five degrees of Leo, five degrees of Leo. And it'll happen in the early hours of the morning. It's, it's not an afternoon thing. And that is in a square with uh, Jupiter. And it's probably going to be a fairly dramatic full moon, mundane-wise, like the politics, the economy, weather. It's probably going to be loud. On an internal level, it's really going to reveal where we hold ourselves back. But don't worry. Venus and Capricorn has our back. Venus enters Capricorn on the 23rd. And... She'll be in a trine with Jupiter. And so as much as the pathways we're trying to follow may be very illuminated as closed, you could be running for the exit and there's boulders right in the way. Well, you're going to have to find another direction. But it doesn't mean it has to be hard. You just have to be inventive. You just have to be inventive. And that may take a little bit of time. It might take a little time. We're all growing and changing through these times. In last episode, I talked about taking time to feel the present moment, no matter how difficult the situation. And I had a really cool thing happen on Monday in the afternoon. I was out with my boyfriend doing our errands. We always go to lunch. And then we go grocery shopping and do whatever else we need to do because we're both busy and it's the time we can grab together. And he had just his sciatica is acting up and it's just been awful. And some of it's stress related. He's Palestinian and you know, so, and, and life and business and the economy and everything else going on. And he doesn't have time to listen to podcasts. He's, he's moving and grooving and doing his life and his things. So I know he didn't listen to my podcast episode. And in fact, I told him about it later in the week, that how wonderful it was to watch him do just the thing I had suggested for people on the podcast. <clears throat> he sits a lot. He, he drives a lot. He's always on the road. And... That's what aggravates the sciatica and the stress. And after lunch, 
and it was a pretty cool day on Monday. The air was cool. The sun was up. The air was cool here in Southern California. And we were walking to the grocery store from where we'd parked the car, which was a pretty good clip. You know, it wasn't a long walk, but it was a good stretch. And we were both trying to stretch our muscles out because, you know, we sit in one spot. I sit at my computer. He's behind the wheel. And we went into the grocery store, got our Aspercream with Lidocrine. Not a sponsored thing, but I should get a sponsorship. I use it enough. And on our way back, which it was kind of cold on the way back because it was shady and the air was cool. And we hit this little patch of sun and he turned his face to it and then he just stopped. And he faced his whole body just up and out and just soaked in the sun in that moment. Kind of like a cat basking in a ray of sun in a windowsill. And I watched him and I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I was talking about on the podcast, but I didn't want to interrupt the moment. And as much as he was taking that moment in the sun, I was taking the moment of observing him taking in the sun. And then I got a really good hug and we went about our day. Those simple pleasures, that's our stability. Those simple pleasures. It didn't make the sciatica go away. It didn't change the situation in Palestine. It didn't take away his other stresses and worries. But it gave him a moment. Just sheer, unadulterated presence in a pleasing moment. And I'm going to continue with that advice. And if you missed that segment or you missed last week's episode, go listen to it because I think that's the most beautiful thing I've ever recorded. With Venus entering Capricorn, she's practical, she's prudent, and she demands quality in all things. She's not ostentatious. But again, quality in all things. Not highly fond of risk, but again, there's no such thing as a sure thing. And we'll all be looking at our security a little differently while she transits Capricorn. She's moving on her way into this beautiful trine with Jupiter. It's an approaching trine. And we'll all be looking for different opportunities to be secure. There's going to be a lot more layoffs, and I think we'll see that with the full moon in Leo. As people start to realize that trying to rely on a larger organization, on a leader of any kind, is going to lead to disappointment if they haven't figured it out already. Venus in Capricorn is going to ask us, to look at the systems we have in place and not necessarily identify with what we do, but rather who we are and what we already have and can make use of. Venus in Capricorn is also going to help us attract solutions to everyday problems. It's about the beauty in the daily acts of life it's about the beauty 
in the systems we execute as we move about our world. And our systems can be delicate or complex, but depending on somebody else's system is probably going to lead to some problems. And that's what we're going to see with that Leo full moon and hubris. Oh, hubris. That, that is going to smack us all in the butt if it doesn't serve a wider purpose. We'll see the consequences of that. And Venus and Capricorn doesn't mind witnessing a consequence here or there. Venus and Capricorn really appreciates discipline and drive and ambition. And you can be ambitiously altruistic. You can be ambitiously giving. You can be ambitious in your kindness. Ambition isn't doggy dog. That's a weakness and the lowest level of the expression. Venus enters Capricorn on the 23rd of January. And if you're a patron in the patron only episode, I will go through Venus through the houses as well as our Q&A. Which we'll do a drops for on Patreon because those drops are cool. Venus enters Capricorn on the 23rd. That's Tuesday. On the 25th, we have the full moon in Leo. On the 26th, we have oh, the Sun square Jupiter and we have Uranus stationing direct and that should be a very very interesting day and we have Mercury and Mars conjunct that's some spicy meatballs my friend now Mercury and Mars are conjunct in the daytime we could see um, some issues with leadership on that day. They are trying Uranus. Uranus will station direct uh, later in the day. Later in the day. Uh, let's see if I can find my special Google Doc. Oh, that is not it. <laughs> let's see if I can find my special Google Doc. Arg. <laughs> that Jen so kindly made me. Let's see. No. Oh, maybe I put it in the... Ah, oh, you can look for it with me. Where did it go? Where did it go? Oh, here it is. Jennifer made it for me. There we go. We're into January. I just want to see. Let's see. So the full moon on the 25th is at 9.54 a.m. Pacific. And that is, what, uh, 2.54 p.m. Eastern. So there'll probably be some major news around there. And then, and then, the... <clears throat> Arena stations direct at 11.36 p.m. 
Pacific. So that's the 27th for you East Coasties at 2.36. Wait, yeah, 2.36 a.m. So let's take a look at this. I just want to see what's going on there with the Mercury. Yeah, Mercury and Mars will be trying that Uranus direct as it goes direct. This could be some big bada boom energy. Now, <clears throat> Mars will have already been separating around the time that that Uranus goes direct. Mercury and Mars will be in the conjunction throughout the day. There's a separation right as Uranus stations direct. That could be some really big seismic activity. And we're looking more like maybe Japan, Alaska, Bering Straits, um, Southeast Asia, but the northern part um, around the Straits of Taiwan. This could also be some war drums. We could also see an assassination attempt of a world leader. Uh, this, given the time of day or night, would be um, probably in Asia. Uh, uh, probably Asia. It could be in Australasia, but I think it's more likely Asia, Iran, like Middle East, Middle Asia, Central Asia, that area. It'll be interesting to see. So it's definitely some big bada boom energy on the mundane level. On a personal level, we're going to wake up on the 27th uh, to, to some shake, rattle and roll as far as systems are considered. Venus is in a trine with Jupiter. By the way, all planets are direct at this point. All planets are direct at this point. And everything's just going to be flying forward. Now we're just going to, like, until retrograde season starts, we're just flinging forward into the future. And I know everybody's like, it's all direct. It's all direct. Yeah. Have you ever run downhill, down a steep hill? have you because <laughs> that's what it's like when all planets are direct i think we're going to see some interesting economic ramifications i've been talking about supply chain issues uh, if you look at world leaders they're being ridiculously stupid right now when it comes to foreign policy uh everybody's talking about getting ready for a war i've been asked on tiktok repeatedly what about world war three and I'm going to say, I don't see World War III the way people imagine it to be. I don't. I do see um, an increase in conventional warfare. So, I mean, not, not a lot of nuclear weapons. I know, I know what Belarus did. I saw. That's more of a defensive position. Um, I think we're going to be looking at more saber-rattling. And certainly an ex expansion of conflict, and I'm still going to hold with climate change, disrupts all of it. I, I just don't think those meddling kids are going to get away with as much as they think they're going to get away with. And, and honestly, I don't think it's going to matter who's the chief executive of the United States. All right, the executive in chief, I should say. 
the commander guy, as Bush once said. I'm the commander guy. Can you believe that? He seems eloquent now, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, that was horrible. Anyway. <sighs> They're making horrendously bad decisions, but I do believe it will be interrupted by climate change. Now that makes, that's a serious thing though. It's a serious thing. I think we're going to see some sea level rise at the end of 2024, early 2025. That is unexpected. I think we're going to see an increase in tides, weather of all kinds. And I think we're going to see some big weather this weekend. So keep your eye on the radar. Keep doing what I've been telling you to do for years. You know, keep emergency cash on hand. Not because I think banks are going to fail, but because point of sale systems fail because electricity goes out because of weather it could take wind it could be a tree knocking down a power line it could be there's a hacking event all of those things are possible and you can still have a good day you know keep enough gas in the car i like to keep my car pretty full if i can okay uh have enough food on hand that you'll be okay for a couple of weeks, even if you're really tired of eating beans and rice. Okay. But keep keep some dried goods on hand. So your beans, your rice, your lentils. Lentils are great. Buy a bunch of lentils. Yeah, you can make a lot of different things out of them. Google recipes in advance. Put them in a notebook. Right. If you're in the Discord, we have a preparation thread. There's lots of good information there. And then in the Taurus Cancer Cafe, well, we like to share our recipes. Make sure you have enough uh, flour, potatoes, things like that. Depends on what you use. Don't just buy food because I said to buy that kind of food. I'm, I'm just giving a list of ideas. You have your own diet. You have your own needs. And even if you're strapped, shop the sales, shop the sales, you know, uh, that's something I used to do when I, when I was on a much skinnier budget and I mean, ooh, end of a fuzzy shoestring skinny. I used to, you know, if I, if, if something I ate with frequency was a loss leader that week at the grocery store, which means they're making no money on that. Maybe they're clearing inventory, maybe. It's just on sale. I would grab it and I'd grab one more, you know, or if it was buy four, get it at the special price, I'd buy four. Okay. And that's how I'd put things away. Um, and that, that's a good way to do it. So that's something you can do even on a skinny budget. If you can't buy four, you can buy the buy one, get one, you know, those types of things. Do the best you can with what you have. All right. And I'm going to say with Venus and Capricorn, one of the ways you open the door to solutions and opportunities is looking at what you do have being, you know, really appreciative of what you've done for yourself, how you've operated in your own agency. And again, I'll go through how Venus in Capricorn through the houses will impact you. If you're a patron, that'll be in the patron only episode along with the Q and a, so we have that to look forward to this week, but I think it's time for some patron shout outs. 
And then... And then... <laughs> I know you guys really enjoyed that last week. Um, and then we'll talk about that Leo full moon. Because it's a doozy and I'm really expecting some... Uh, very interesting headlines. Very interesting headlines. So we'll talk about that next after some patron shoutouts. All right, this isn't an ad or anything for Spotify for podcasters because they stopped their brand ambassador program. I'm still going to tell you to start a podcast. All right, start a podcast. What are you waiting for? Start a podcast. You have something to say. But uh, anyway, I thought since I'm not going to do the automated ads because I can't pick what companies are advertising on my podcast. And I, I don't want something that doesn't align with my values. And I honestly don't trust anybody... Um, I don't trust anybody to pick for me because, you know, what if, what if it's co-star? Ew. You know, something like that. I'd be like, whoa, not on my podcast. So <clears throat> I thought I'd do a little ad for myself for my business career and life planning reading because I had a client reach out and send me this. And it came an hour before Pluto exited Capricorn. Literally, an hour before. And I'm not going to lie, I cried. Now, I get great testimonials from clients. But if, if I had a wish <laughs> for how a testimonial would be written, this was it. And it was so affirming to why I am a professional astrologer. Why I do consulting astrology. So this is from um, MP. All right. So you don't need to be knowledgeable about astrology to get a lot out of this reading. The conversation will feel like talking to someone who, one, knows you very well, two, is experienced with building a successful, equitable business, and three, knows which upcoming months, years may feel easy or challenging. Right off the bat, Lori affirmed several of my favorite qualities about myself. She helped me reframe qualities I thought I had to change to be successful and happy. I move through my days more confidently now, knowing I'm able to work with who I am rather than fight against myself. She also talked me off the ledge with quitting my job, and it turned out to be a fantastic decision. A lot of unexpected changes occurred at my work soon after the reading. I'm now producing some of my best work in my 10-year career, and I wouldn't have had this opportunity if I quit on the date I originally planned to. I have the long-term plan we talked through. Lori will be honest with you. You'll hear stuff you love and stuff that might be a bummer but she'll give you encouragement and ways to work with the bummer stuff. She's given me excellent tools to ride the highs and lows. I can't recommend this reading enough. If you'd like to work for yourself one day, or you're simply feeling a bit lost with your career. Well, M, thank you for that. Um, that was great. 
Thank you for the honest truth. Because, yeah, sometimes I have to talk about the bummer stuff or say, eh, that may not work right now. Or, ooh, you probably don't want to do that. Or, this would be the best route. And have you considered this about yourself? Um, yeah. So, thank you. And that, that, it made me cry. It made me cry. Good tears. Happy tears. But thank you. So, that was my ad for my reading. I'll read some of the testimonials. I think we'll do this in future episodes. I'll read testimonials about the other astrologers at WokeAstrology.com. That would be Kesey, Jennifer, and Mackenzie. Oh my gosh, they're great. Um, and they have some wonderful testimonials. If you head over to WokeAstrology.com, you can check it out under Readings and Classes. And uh, under, actually, in our about pages, too, because we have our bios up and you can read what other people have had to say. And I'll read them in future episodes. Uh, we're going to do some patron shout outs now because other than me reading testimonials about our readings, we're ad free because of patrons. If you're a patron, thank you for sponsoring the podcast. And if you are brand new, get ready for your shout out. Get ready for your shout out. This is so exciting. I love I love this every week. So we have Jacqueline, Stacy Wu, D, Nicholas, Seth, Elizabeth, Alicia, Nikki, Mandy, Gabby, Joy Through the Challenges, Alex Alexandra, April, Regina, Kat, Ashley, Adrian. Riva, Kat, Jennifer, Tam, Lauren, Ryan, Polyglot, Therese or Teresa, Joni, and Raquel. Thank you for being our patrons. Because of you, there is a podcast. And without you, there is no me. Thank you for making me feel a little bit like NPR super exciting if you've been thinking about being a patron and you haven't signed up for the patreon yet go to the link in the show notes we're doing all sorts of cool stuff all right let's talk about the full moon in leo the full moon in leo is happening at five degrees of leo on the morning, at least on the West Coast, the morning of January 25th. And this is a big full moon. It's in the early degrees. It's the beginning of a new chapter. It is going to reveal to you on a personal level things that you were hoping for in the Leo new moon that we had about six months ago. And uh, you were setting intentions around that. This, this moon is in a separating opposition to Pluto. And in an approaching square with Jupiter. Pluto, of course, is in an approaching square with Jupiter. And that's pretty volatile energy. I think we'll see some big issues on the global stage huge issues on the global stage that have massive ramifications. I think we'll see issues financially. I think we'll see issues with weather 
politics. I think we're going to see assassination attempts of various uh, leaders, whether it's CEOs, uh, politicians of different kinds. This is globally. Okay. This is happening at 9.52 a.m. Pacific. That is uh, what 1.52 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we could see incidents to do with missiles. We could see some really interesting uh, international law matters. And again, I'm seeing some massive financial instability. Mars is in a trine with Uranus. We could see some big seismic activity that day. When I look at where that seismic activity could be, um, looking at maybe Alaska, potentially, also New Zealand, um, other parts of the South Pacific, uh, like Tonga, Fiji, and in that area of the South Pacific, uh, Vanuatu, even Indonesia, Alaska, Japan, in, at the Northern Hemispheres, we could see more volcanic action happening with this one. Uh, and that would be... Um, you know, very potentially up in Russia and potentially, of course, more going on in, in Iceland. That would be the obvious. Uh, and we're going to see stuff happen in Gaza. The interesting thing, and I may talk about this more on Patreon. Um, I'm trying to be careful in my social media and on my podcast not because I don't care and not just out of self-interest, but if I want to continue being a voice, you know, algorithms being what they are, when I talk about politics, I get throttled, okay? And then I can't reach you guys. Uh, so I'm putting the juiciest bits in the Patreon, and I think I'm going to do my analysis behind the paywall on that one. And I'm going to do it in a video that's usually the best way for me to get that information across. So if you want to troll me, you got to pay me. Um, fair is fair. But uh, we'll probably see some real, like, I know it's already been brutal. Uh, be really prepared for things to go over the top uh, because Israel's gone unchecked. The whole reason I bring that up, because I, I honestly wasn't even looking that direction until... I don't know, about an hour ago, I got a notification. Somebody liked an older video from no early November of 2023. And it was the one where I there was just a song playing. I was crying and there were captions. Um, I was crying because I knew Israel would go unchecked. And, and we were witnessing the worst genocide of our lifetimes as far as, you know, just the sheer weight of of a very technologically advanced heavily military militarized heavily subsidized state against an occupied people and that's that's how it's described by international law you know um as somebody who actually studied it so it's um it, it, yeah I wish I had better news. I, I don't. 
Now, this could also mean that there is stuff going to happen in retaliation. And that could happen within hours or days of that full moon. So um, keep your eyes open because we do have Mercury conjunct Mars on the late 26th into the 27th. And it's in an approaching conjunction on the 25th. So what does all of that mean? It just means, you know, Mercury conjunct Mars is, there's no real separation between thinking and doing. It's you're doing and thinking at the same time. <laughs> so, and this could be, like I said, an, like a assassination attempt against a leader, a government official, um, it could be the dissolution of a government, you know, so we don't really see that too much in the United States. We don't really tend to have no confidence votes. The GOP has kind of done that with the Speaker of the House position, um, which, by the way, we could see that like maybe happening here in the United States. Um, in fact, I'm wondering if Speaker Johnson isn't in trouble. He doesn't have a chart for me to look at. He doesn't have a birth time. Um, but when I look at the full moon chart, I, I almost wonder if that isn't something up here in the United States. Um, let me take a look. Yeah. I wonder if somebody in leadership here in like the house or some politician isn't under extreme strain. That would be an existing elected official, not somebody who used to hold office. Um, it's it's kind of crunchy and we're right before uranus stationing direct so uranus is starting you know it's been slowing down it stations direct on the 26th in the evening and and 26th on the west coast will be 27th early morning uh, on the east coast and further east of that into europe and the middle east etc so I think we could be looking at an escalation of tensions into war. I think we could see the use of chemical weapons um, in various places in the world. Um, and again, we could see an offshore earthquake or volcano that further puts more moisture into the air. We could see high tides. We could see big windstorms or stagnant air. It could go either direction. And I certainly think we'll see a big explosion, at least one, with that full moon on the 25th of January. Now, what about you? How, how can you use this energy? Well, this can be very productive energy on a personal level. This is a time to blow through our insecurities. This is time, the time to illuminate our skills and talents, especially in relationship to how we can connect with other people and use our skills and share our creative energy in concert with other people in order to make a difference and forge a new forward pathway. If you are not contributing to the conversation, if you are not um, connecting with people because you think you don't have anything to offer or nobody wants to hear what you have to say or you got bullied in middle school if you're 30 years old honey you're not in middle school anymore okay okay i know it was painful um i understand i i still still feel a little sad from being teased in elementary school and they called me a four-eyed freakosaurus 
Um, it hurt my feelings a lot. Um, I'm, I'm often resistant to be on camera with my glasses on. I think that's some of why I don't make as much content because I did get teased. But imagine if I let that stop me all the time. Okay, I'm 55 this year, coming up in July. Seriously, get over it. It was second grade. Okay. It's time to let go of those insecurities, guys. It really is. It's time to get let go of it. That's really self-indulgent. If, if you have skills and talents and abilities, it might just be something you're like, yeah, it's just something I do. It's probably something you're really good at. Oh, it's just something I do because we've been trained to believe that everything that is of value is hard won, hard earned, but sometimes we're just naturally good at stuff and it's okay to contribute that that has value just because it's easy for you. doesn't mean it's easy for somebody else. Okay. This is the time to let go of any associations, um, any group memberships, anything that isn't serving your highest good or aligning in with your values. Uh, if you're not comfortable in a space, then it's perfectly okay to leave it. Um, if you don't like somebody's energy, it's okay to be like, nah, not for me. But at the same time, you want to be moving forward and looking for, um, like-hearted people. By the way, if you've been looking up words in the dictionary and you've been having a hard time finding the definition of like-hearted, that's because I coined the phrase like-hearted. Did that back in, uh, I believe 2014. Like-heartedness instead of like-mindedness. So if you're not finding it anywhere, it's because um, basically I use it. And if you hear other people using it, they probably got it from me somewhere. Uh, seriously, for real. It, it was not something I got from anywhere else. It was just something I said once off the cuff that really stuck and I'm kind of known for it. So um, that's really important. It's a time to look at what your intellectual property is as well. Um, paying attention to other people's intellectual property or attributing people, citing people, citing authorities and references instead of claiming things as your own is important right now, especially with that Leo full moon, because uh, things will be revealed if it's not of your creative source. Things will be revealed if it's not of your creative source. So always make sure you're citing people and not just saying, oh, that's a good line. I think I'll use it. Always attribute your sources. It's very important. Um, so how do we work with this full moon? Well, I think it's really important to ground a little bit, but understand that your grounding will be shaken no matter what. We're all going to get shaken. We're all going to get rattled because we're shaking loose the detritus, the mess, the flotsam and jetsam, the gunk, the uck, the ick, the yuck of society and cultural programming so that we can create fresh connections. We've got to clean stuff off before we can merge in with other people. It's kind of like when you're transplanting a plant, you got to clean the roots off, you know, a little bit and get some root tone on that some vitamin b on that so that the roots don't go into shock well we've got to find our own rooting solution and again that's the best way i know of is getting together and being with people of like-heartedness remember leo rules the heart and uh 
keep our eyes open for unique and interesting opportunities that may not be so orthodox. Um, you know, so again, you want to run through and look at what you were intending back during the Leo new moon back in 2023, because what is being illuminated is a fresh path forward. So this is more, <laughs> this full moon is a little bit blowing the blocks to make way for a new pathway. So imagine it's kind of uncharted territory. It's something we've never quite done before. And we have to find the joy even through the pain. We have to at least find a moment where we can be present even in the face of adversity. And when you can do that, you can have a moment of joy. You can have a moment of ease. You can have a moment of connection with the all that is, even in the face of great adversity. That's not trite. It's the truth. You can have more than one experience happening at the same time. It's just we've been so trained to only experience one thing to the exclusion of all else. But there's often many, many things happening simultaneously. So, you know, you, you want to lean into your heart space. You can listen to music that makes you feel good. You could go hit the shower. You could cook yourself something that feels good to cook or feed other people. It, you could make yourself something to eat that just makes sure you, 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 you wiggle, you know, kind of like, like Tigger. Um, just wiggling because it tastes so good. Um, you could sing a song. You could stand in the sun. Just like I talked about earlier in the podcast, just put your face towards the sun. If, if you've got any, you can feel the rain on your skin and feel each drop, even if it feels like percussion and cold and maybe, you know, that staccato of the drop, drop but you can still feel the presence you know in that oh I'm so glad I put my little hot cocoa next to me to take a swig because my throat just got dry and I was like whoo I'm gonna cough and I don't want to have to re-record this because I've, I've recorded this segment once already um so it's a pretty volatile full moon I expect to have some big feelings you might have some difficulty on teams. There could be some drama, especially if you've got drama queens or kings around you. <clears throat> I don't think you need to take a PTO day, but it's a pretty crunchy day. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to put up a crunch alert for patrons on this one. I'm going to put this crunch alert up probably around a 90.95. Remember, the Jenga tower is starting to fall. And we're watching systems failure around the planet. And that just means people are really fighting for dominance and control. It's easy to feel despondent, but remember, you have a hell of a lot more power than you think you do. Um, and control freaks and, and people who are truly weak and think they can assert dominance over you um, and think they can impose their will on you are often very weak people and very... Um, fragile people you know and so we're gonna watch those people kind of um get taken down a pig and we may see more than one attack on a leader um 
the upcoming week, either before or after that full moon, like just before, or just after, within hours, and certainly within days of it, as after the full moon. So on an individual level, again, you can blow through the blocks, let go of your insecurities, and lean in to really what makes you shine. Because when you're shining, that's, that's all. The sun doesn't, and this is my quote, okay? You can quote Lori Rivers. The sun doesn't shine to be seen. It shines because that's what it does. Okay. My quote. The sun doesn't shine to be seen. It shines because that's what it does. Um, <clears throat> so there we go. That is the full moon in Leo. Patrons, I'll be talking about that more in the Patreon. Um, I don't know if I'll include the full moon in the patron-only podcast, but I'll certainly talk about it in this week's Crunch Report. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about that um, that Venus in Capricorn. And uh, what you can do about it. And I'll answer some astrology Q&A as well here on the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about Venus in Capricorn before I get to a couple of questions that patrons have submitted uh, to the podcast. So we've got uh, Venus moving into Capricorn in a trine with Jupiter, and Jupiter is squared by Pluto, or Jupiter is squaring off with Pluto. It's a (sighs) separate... Yeah, it's a separating square. I don't know why I said it was an approaching because the faster planet, blah, blah, blah. Anywho, it's still square. Um, Venus and Capricorn trying Jupiter in general, I would say, is very fortuitous energy. I just think when I'm looking at the rest of the astrology right now, um, I think we're going to see some some serious economic conditions. I think we might see more layoffs. I think we might see more, um, more business failures. I think we might see some issues with banking and especially since Mars is moving into a trine with Uranus and we're looking at that Mercury Mars conjunction as well. I think we're looking at more hacking events, more hacking of government websites or hacking by government um, or state sponsored hacking. We could see that. And then with Venus in Capricorn, some of that energy is um, we could see women really kind of organizing under that. And that's a very positive energy. Uh, but they may be organizing because there's not a whole lot of other options. And we can see that happening in the United States, but we can see it other places in the world. I think we're going to be watching um, hard right politics kind of grow a little bit 
um, you know, we would have called it nationalist, but it, it's, it's beyond nationalism. Um, this is really about dominance and control. And now we have Pluto in Aquarius and people are trying to get organized and we may see some, um, attempts even in, you know, Western Europe and the United States, especially in Western Europe and the United States, where there is an attempt to control, um, any kind of autonomy or organizing ability. We may see more walkouts. We may see more labor action kick up, um, as a result of Venus in Capricorn trying Jupiter with, which is the full moon will be square. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. What a week, right? All right. Let me answer some podcast questions. Let me answer some questions. So I'm going to go to the podcast questionnaire or forum anyway. Let's see. Podcast Q&A. That's what we're saying, right? Ooh, we've got a bunch of new questions. All righty. It's always exciting for me to see that. Oh my gosh, while I'm while I'm looking at the questions, I got to meet Steve of Finland. He's in one of my classes. I got to meet Alyssa Kep, who I have a question from right here. I was like, oh my gosh, you yeah, I love meeting these people. Like when you take my classes and stuff, I'm so excited to meet you. Which is really funny because people are often excited to meet me, which I'm not gonna lie, feels a little weird because remember, I do this in my jammies in my living room. Um, but uh you know, it's always cool for me to meet you too. Cause I'm like reading your usernames and I'm like, Oh my God, that's a cool username. But anywho, uh, it seems that squares are often described as malefic. What are some of the ways that squares can present themselves other than being challenges or difficult choices? How do you determine if a square is destructive or productive? Um, that's a really good question, Alyssa. Like I said, you, you ask really good questions. I, uh, squares and oppositions are often described as malefic. Um, that's the traditional interpretation of them. I do not interpretate them. Interpretate, interpret, interpretate. I do not interpret it. In, it's I'm so it's so late. I'm so tired. Interpret. I do not interpret squares as malefic. Um, I look at them as creative. Okay. And and I talk about this all the time, but I realize not everyone has listened to every freaking episode I've ever done. And I'm a content creation monster. So I totally get it. No judgment. Um, <laughs> you'll find out in class, Alyssa. Uh, so, um, I call it supportive or not supportive, but creative supportive aspects are what most people think of as benefic. Okay. So, how do you decide if it's productive or destructive? Well, nothing gets created without friction and nothing begins without something else ending. You know, something will end, whether it's your status or like if you are married and don't have kids, something ends when you become parents and you may be excited to be parents, but you now no longer get any sleep or have any privacy for many years to come. Um, you may lose your social status or how you socialize, you know, there's always a with change, right? Um, squares always produce friction. Okay. And remember nothing is produced without friction. 
not a universe, not a galaxy, not a baby. And so to me, squares are extremely productive. They are destructive. Um, when we don't have enough support to manage through that time, whether it's inner support or outer support, they're destructive when our mindset isn't in a place that can see the, the option C that's on the table. Um, I think we need to have squares to make life more interesting and to help us grow. I think it's a growth oriented aspect. So I think it really depends on the planets involved. You know, actually I know, and I think I know it depends on the planets involved. So that, that would be that. Thank you for asking. That was a good question. I'll try to be able to speak more. Okay. That was just like not even worth trying, right? I'll try to speak more coherently. Ah, I'm just tired. I have had no beverages with the alcohol. I, uh, I'm just really tired because it's 3.20 a.m. and I should be putting this podcast out. Mariana, Mariana, or Mariana, sorry, Mariana. I love this. Am I aware of any empirical studies that have looked at astrology in a serious way by consulting real astrologers? Yes, and the astrologers failed miserably, and this was when the AFA worked with some scientists. The parameters were terrible, and most astrologers, especially in the early 90s when that took place, that was before I was a professional astrologer, um, but they still really overemphasize the ability to hand calculate a chart over being able to interpret with specificity. And uh, the astrologers all got the charts wrong. But I would also, I don't think they guided the parameters very well. So I haven't seen any good scientific studies. I would love to help a scientist figure it out. I'd be like, because I think part of it is in order to create a good study, you have to understand a little bit about what you're studying. So an astrophysicist can't really run a proper study um, in zoology, right? Just because they're an astrophysicist doesn't mean they know anything about animals. Well, an astrophysicist hasn't necessarily studied astrology just because they read a horoscope in a newspaper does not qualify them to do that. So you have to understand how astrology works to set up the parameters. Okay. I just think that metaphysics has been studied so poorly by scientists because they poo poo it. Their, their cognitive bias is always in the way in setting up the studies. I would love to set up a study. Uh, because I've, I've found frameworks and, and processes that are akin to things you use in data science and, and applying that and, and gaining that knowledge. They don't have to like astrology, but they should understand how it works. All right. You notice that most studies are using sun signs like longitudinal studies on divorce and correlation to their sun sign versus looking at multiple placements. Yeah, that's because the people doing studies don't know what they're talking about. Those aren't really studies. Those are surveys. I understand astrology is a field of study and each chart has a number of ways energies can manifest, which would make empirical studies difficult as there are many variables. I don't think it would be that hard. 
I don't think it would be that hard. I, I think we can understand there's, there is a multitude of possibilities, um, you know, but also astrologers aren't like psychic. So when you do a consultation for somebody, it's like being an optometrist is, is it one or two? We know there's a framework. We know, we know in the possibility and probability, there's a likelihood it could be one or two, three or four. Okay. So again, I think it is the ignorance of the people creating the studies that is the problem versus the field of study it is itself. Um, looking at some of the studies, I found researchers seem to be using their knowledge of astrology to create the study, which I assume is limited, leading to predicting, uh, leading to predictably no evidence. A hundred percent, Mariana. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's faulty parameters. It's not a real study. You know, it's basically reasserting their cognitive bias, you know, which makes them shitty scientists, to be honest. Neil, Neil, just saying, one day I'll debate him. Neil, if you can hear me, Neil, you're wrong. And I can prove it. Oh, ooh, nice username, Scorpio Teacup. Uh, so all over the internet, are people telling me where in my chart my weaknesses and darknesses, but I know we all have gifts naturally. I was curious of your interpretation of where we can look for ourselves to find and think about our gifts in our own chart. Uh, people tell you about, first of all, anybody telling you about your weakness and your darkness is full of shit. <laughs> oh God. Astro babies don't listen. Astro mama is swearing. Those are grown up words. Do not copy me. I am being a bad example when I say that. I'm very tired. Cover your ears. Um, almost everything they say is darkness is a gift. Like what is darkness? What you're supposed to be virtuous in all cases. You're supposed to forgive every slight. Um, I think that's religious indoctrination uh, packaged up in a spirituality bow. Um, everywhere in your chart has the potential to be a gift. And if you're a patron and you are, because you're asking me a question here, uh, I write about gifts in your astro guides that are linked up in every crunch report. You got to go through the crunch report down, down, down to find the guides linked up. But I talk about that. Like when we look at your instinct and intuition and looking for your clairs, um, looking for your intuitional nature, the guide about Chiron showing how it's not the wound you cannot heal, but rather it is the light post on the healing path read those. I show you where your gifts are. Your gifts are everywhere. Consciousness expresses in a spectrum. There's so many more ways to, to see things other than good and bad, light and dark. We're not living in star Wars folks. It's, it's not a cowboy movie where the bad guys and the good guys are all obvious. Even if world leaders are displaying that right now amongst ourselves, it, we are a myriad of expression at all times. So also in the astro guide, I wrote about the, uh, the story of the houses, you know, the, how our consciousness grows and unfolds. If you look at the conscious journey around the chart, um, that's my favorite story. So 
Everywhere in your chart is a gift. Your sun is a gift. There's no bad placement. There's just bad astrologers. Because even our greatest challenges can be our gifts. Our squares can be our gifts. Our oppositions can be our gifts. Trines are not always gifts. Sometimes they are. Also, trines don't make you lazy. You just tend to be unaware of it. Or it's less important to you. Because, you know, it's just free flow energy. It just is. Okay. Um, but everything in your chart is a gift. Your gift. Why do we have to weigh and measure everything into good and bad? And I'm a Libra moon. And I just think, I mean, queen of weighing and measuring and, and decide, you know, when coming to decisions. But I don't play favorites. There is no bad sign. There's no bad house placement. Some... It, it, it ends up being who you are and it can reflect your challenges but you name me one person who hasn't had a life challenge one person one person not even the bad guys often the bad guys have had challenges and abuse and they just chose to identify with their victimizer instead of understanding that they wanted they could have been so much better than that it's more powerful than that because they let it break them you know, I just, I don't believe in bad placements. I believe in people who exercise their free will and their agency to self-actualize, who are willing to do the hard thing and let go of whatever story it is that is oppressing them. That's what I believe. So read your guides, read your guides. Astro guides are linked up in every single crunch report. They are easy to find, easy to download. Read those and you'll find you'll find out a lot about yourself that is really beautiful. And if people are telling you what's bad about you, screw them. They're, they're not worth the time of listening to them. All right, let's take a look. Let's see how much time I have here. Ooh, I've got time. I've got time. I've got time. I can only record in like half hour segments on this software, so... Salome, what is the greatest impact on Libra rising, seeing as the houses are directly flipped in their opposite houses, especially in relationship, sorry, in relation to the internal versus external workings of the house dynamics? Um, so when we look at a natural chart, and that would be starting with Aries, that's just natural doesn't mean Libra rising is unnatural right um it's just that's that would be like okay the the essential chart would look like that everything else is a derivative of that um for a Libra rising it's really important to understand that partnerships and romantic relationships really weren't part of the Libra description in this in in the time it was being formed as you know astrology was being formed as we look at it today it would have been looked at very differently so <clears throat> it would be me versus us and us can is somebody I'm in contract with whether it's a marriage contract a business contract a job contract a lease contracts okay obligations okay someone i'm mostly not related to or considered 
directly related to in contract with that person. I'm only saying that because back in the ancient days, they, they had some sibling marriages going on, depending on the culture, which is kind of gross, <laughs> but it was, it's what they did. <laughs> um, so it's who you, the, in, in marriage was not a love thing until the 19th century. Okay. That was a fad. Not that people got married and didn't love each other. There were people who did, but it married it, love was not required. Still isn't. It's a business contract. Love is a second house matter. Fun and romance is a fifth house matter. Seventh house matter is agreements. So for Libra, Libra risings, um, have to be careful about how they gain their identity and they set, definitely self-actualize in concert through working with other people. So being in relationship with other people, whether it's friends, colleagues, family, you know, you, you just, you feel better around other people. You probably don't like being alone too much. Whereas Aries are very independent and prefer to just do stuff by themselves. They may be social, but you know, they're fine on their own. They're good. They'll get it done. They don't want to wait for anybody. Um, whereas Libra risings kind of prefer to do things in pairs, you know, just like, Hey, come shopping with me or, Hey, you want to play video games together or Hey, let's Netflix and chill. You want to go dancing? You know, they'll, the, the key is you don't get your identity lost in another person and understand that mutuality deals with fairness and equity and equanimity and if it's not fair to you, it's not fair to everybody. And because you're always like, I want everybody to be happy. Well, if you're not happy, everybody's not happy. Right. So I would say that's probably the biggest thing. Um, I hope I answered your question. If I wasn't clear or if that wasn't clear, go ahead and ask in the discord and let me look and see if I have time for one more. Yes. I will answer more of these questions on the patron only podcast where I'm going to go through venus and capricorn and how to use that energy although i might make it two separate episodes i might i might two separate patron only podcast episodes um yeah and we're gonna do the drops thing we're gonna do the drops thing on patreon that's been really cool that's been super cool putting that out and, and everybody knowing when it's going to happen. And then everybody's showing up into chat. That's been super fun. So we're going to do that again this week. That, that was super nifty. Um, let's see. I've got just a little bit more time here and I'm going to answer. Let's see. One more question. Thank you. Selling me. That was a good one. All right. Katerina, what is the difference between an interrupt, intercepted sign versus an intercepted house? Thank you. You're welcome, Katerina. So first of all, I have a very good visual video about this on YouTube called Introduction to Interception. So, but I'll describe it here now, but I really urge you if, if my verbal explanation doesn't quite click go watch my video on YouTube. It's less than 50. I think it's like seven minutes long and I visually walk you through it. There's even red arrows and circles that really show you. So an intercepted sign 
it happens when you are looking at a house and the house starts with one sign, a sign is sandwiched in the middle and it ends with another sign. So the intercepted sign is the filling of that sandwich. Okay. An intercepted sign is sandwiched between at least two other signs. Okay. Um, at the beginning and the end of the house. So the intercepted sign is in the, or in an intercepted sign is sandwiched in the middle of the sign that starts the house and the sign that ends the house. An intercepted house is when the sign, the cusp on the, the house that's, that starts the house is, is like one sign and that same sign ends the house. So let's say your ascendant is Libra. The second house starting in Libra would make that first house intercepted. Okay. So check out my video about that. Cause that's a really hard one to learn. Um, verbally, it's much easier to understand that visually. That's why I made the YouTube video. So check that out. I'll, I'll make sure I link that up in, in the show notes. So thank you. All right. I think I'm going to end the questions here. We're going to do more on the patron only podcast. Uh, as always, every week we do a drops. Now that's a new feature on Patreon. It's super cool. Um, think of it like a premiere it has countdown timer. Everybody can find out about it in advance. And then whoever can show up shows up and we have a great time in the comment section. It's super fun and I love it. So we're going to do more of that. We're going to do that with our Q and a podcasts. Super cool. All right. It's a nice way to do it weekly. Right. And then we get to, it's, it's just nice. It's super fun. It's like a watch party. So I like that. So we'll do more of that, more of that. Um, it's going to be a wild week guys. So the intensity changes because Pluto and Aquarius has a different energy signature. The energy is intense, but it's more chaotic. It's a little less concrete and a lot more, um, what the heck, you know, <laughs> it's chaotic, chaotic energy. And it's, it's lighter, but it's, it's chaotic because everything's in flux as the old order slips up, makes mistakes, screws up. Hey, we're just going to see a lot of weird stuff going on in the world over the next few months. Um, yeah. So just keep your focus on the present moment as much as possible and lean into the world you want to build and join together with like-hearted people to make the world a better place. I'm Lori Rivers. I'm your host. I look really forward to talking to you next week when I give you the heads up about February because we have some huge astrology happening in February and I would like you to get ready for that. Plus it's a leap year, right? We have Sadie Hawkins Day coming up. That's always kind of fun. All right. I will talk to you later, peeps. Be safe. Be well. Take care. And bless you. Really, take care.